When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football Social Daily. Your daily Premier League podcast. Hello, welcome. This is Football Social Daily. Your daily Premier League fix in podcast form. Covering all the latest from the top flights. And we're still in the dirge of the international break at the moment so Premier League news is a little bit thin on the ground thankfully today on the podcast we have you to help us out because we're going to be answering your questions that have come in via our various social media channels as always on a Wednesday we like to tackle the issues that you want tackling that is coming up shortly we're also going to talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold because it looks like he might miss out on the World Cup squad to Qatar if you take Gareth Southgate as his word, if you take Gareth Southgate at his word and his comments that he made after England's final Nations League game against Germany in their final match before the World Cup kicks off in a few weeks' time, which is a little bit scary, and we're going to talk about the greatest Premier League strikers now as we talk through every position on the field. We've done defenders, we've done midfielders. It's time to talk about the man up top and who is the greatest in the Premier League at the moment. We'll do that on today's Football Social Daily and we'll do that in the company of Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. How you doing, boys? Good morning. Not uh, not not too great this morning. I've got one of the strike partnership of me, myself and Joel is he's badly injured. So I'm going to play that on for the rest of the uh, the rest of the week. I need you to do my dirty work for me, mate. Leave me with the tap-ins. I'll have to carry you again. Marley, very much the Callum Wilson of this scenario. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the injury bench. We're leaving Joel Tudor to do the heavy lifting. Uh, I'm going to be directing things from the sidelines. I'm Jim. Hope you're having a good one. So let's crack on with this. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, Fancy Football's back along with the Premier League this weekend. And obviously with Fancy Football coming back, we've also got our Fantasy Football surgery coming back on tomorrow's podcast. So if you've got a question for Dr. Tom of the podcast, Who Got the Assist? You can get them in via our Twitter, at FSDpod, via our talent via our Telegram channel, which you can join as a little pinned tweet at the top of our Twitter, via Facebook, via Instagram, whatever way you want to get in contact, get in contact and we'll answer your questions on tomorrow's podcast. But we're going to start with the great striker 
debate. Over the last few weeks, we've been going through each position in the football field. So we've done central defenders, we've done midfielders, and now it's the term of strikers. We decide who is the top five within the Premier League at any given moment. So like I say, we've done defenders, we've done midfielders, we've not done fullbacks yet, we've not done wingers either, and there's a bit of confusion in terms of what is a striker and what is a winger. For the purpose of this conversation, we're not talking about the likes of Richarlison or Mo Salah, who kind of play out wide a little bit. It is the target man. It's the man through the centre. So the top five in the Premier League, who are they? We're all going to come up with a list of five, and I think there's going to be quite a lot of crossover, but we'll then discuss who should make the cut and who shouldn't. Now, straight away, I'm going to say Harry Kane, Erling Haaland. They're on everyone's list, right? Yeah, just about made it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. They're not bad. <laughs> Any dispute, Joel? I was debating Kane. I know he scored a few. I was just looking at the list of other strikers. I was just looking at the list of other strikers, though, because I didn't what? know if we really included the inside wingers. So, yeah, it'll have to be Kane, won't it? I think just... I mean, Harry Kane isn't in the greatest form at this particular moment in time, and he never is at the start of the season. But because of his goal-scoring record that he has in the Premier League and because of the quality he shows week in, week out, I think we have to agree that he's on the list of five. And Erling Haaland is just a ridiculous... Norwegian meat shield he's a monster and it's impossible to rule him out of the reckoning so we can take those two off and assume everyone's got those on their list but who makes up the other three I still need some thinking time because I'm not sure I've even got five to throw into this mix so Marley who are you going for um are are we doing it on this season or are we doing it on yeah this season no legacy bias who's in form right now Oh, well, that takes out Ronaldo then. So Cristiano Ronaldo is not on the list, yeah, exactly, yeah. because that, that was essentially the question was about. Um, and it also takes out Jamie Vardy as well, who uh, I would put in if we were talking about the last sort of five years or, or even a little bit longer. Um, so I'd, I'd go for Gabriel Jesus. Uh, I'd have him in. I think he's benefiting from, from being the main man at Arsenal. Um, so I'd have him in. And then I'd have Ivan Toney as well, because I think... There's no question marks over mm. him since he came into the Premier League. I think he got 13 last season in in Brentford's um, Brentford's first ever season in the Premier League. Um, I think he's got six this season. Um, not quite enough to get him off the bench for England, but that is the Harry Kane problem. Um, and then the fifth one is is pretty open to be honest. I would I'd like to go for Callum Wilson, but. I can't because he's been injured again this season. I do think on his day, I think he's one of the top. And it's just a ridiculous shout. How is that? He's better than better than Antonio and Scamacca. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I still think, in terms of talking about Callum Wilson as one of the best Premier League strikers in the league at the moment, in the top five, is a little bit of a stretch, I'd, even I'd for just someone want him to do with a Nuki Brown ale tattoo. <laughs> Oh god! I do think I just want him to do thirty-eight games a season and see how many goals he can get. But but it's just no, it's never gonna mm. happen. It's like me getting a date with Margot Robbie. It's literally just as much as I'd like it to happen, it won't happen. Um, so I'm, the fifth one's a, a struggle. I mean, on current form, you probably got to go for Mitrovic. Um, but will his will his mm. goal scoring last when when Fulham's decent start when they get a bit, you know. Um, like sucked into the main part of the season where, you know, you've got a proper scrap for everything. You go on a bit of a poor run. Is he going to be there or thereabouts? I think he's had a good start. So 
on current form, you've probably got to see him. Um, but He absolutely bullied Van Dijk in that Liverpool game, though. So he's gone up against... Even though Van Dijk's not in the greatest form this season, he's gone up against the best and he's proved that he can do it. So, I mean, you, you've got to look at previous seasons when Mitrovic has just failed to fire in the Premier League. But I kind of fancy him this year. I fancy him to prove a point. Yeah, he does look like he's getting better every couple of years when Fulham come back into the league. He gets, he does seem to get a little bit better. So I think there, there's always been talent with him. It's just whether he can harness it because I think when he was at Newcastle, as like a 22-year-old. He was really. He was too keen. He was trying to just smash everyone around. He was a, a yellow card, or mm. more more importantly, a red card, um, waiting to happen because people would just wind him up, and he'd end up headbutting them. And it's like, well, we can't rely on you for that because you, you're letting the team down. So it's good to see him actually getting the the getting his talent to his to the forefront of what you think about when you think about Mitrovic because it was um, a time getting to a time where you're thinking he, he, he had the talent but he just never made anything of it and you know th- this first six or seven games this season he's, he's done that he's got some worldy goals um, played really well and he's probably the reason why Fulham are I think the sixth in the Premier League at the minute In terms of Ivan Tony, how disappointed are you that he ended up leaving Newcastle United at such a young age Rafa Benitez failing to see the potential there. I'm annoyed. A couple of seasons ago, West Ham were linked with signing Ivan Tony, and I think the fee was around 25 million quid, which was deemed too expensive. Now looks like an absolute snip. You wouldn't get any, you wouldn't get his left leg for 25 million quid. So both our teams have missed out on this opportunity to bring in someone who is a late bloomer, but he looks like one of the top Premier League strikers at the moment. Yeah, he does. Um, but in his in his time at Newcastle, he. He needed to leave. He needed to go and get football. Um, he was nowhere near the the player or, or even the potential. Like we, I think we brought him in. Um, I can't remember where we signed him from, but we, we brought him in and obviously he was a young player with potential, but he was never on the verge of realising that. He needed to go to League One for a couple of years before uh, his, his sort of journey started and then you know worked his way up because if he was coming off the bench for 20 minutes here and there in the Premier League... Um, at the age he was at Newcastle, like you, just wouldn't have got the um, the experience as quickly, and you'd, you'd end up with a pretty average player. I think he he was a perfect example of going out and playing, um, and getting battered around in League One from week to week. It makes it makes you grow up quicker, and he he took to it like a duck mm. to water, and the rest is is history. So when people say, "Oh, you missed out on him," like if we'd have kept him there for the last six years or seven years, however long it was that we let him go, it wasn't. It wasn't that player we let go. It was unharnessed potential, and sometimes players have to go. Some sometimes players uh, can realise their their potential themselves by training and and playing with the first team, sort of Monday to Friday. But um, Ivan Tony just wasn't one of them. He's scored 49 goals in 94 appearances when he moved to Peterborough. 52 goals in 97 appearances in the, sorry, for Brentford through the leagues as well. And in the Premier League, he's managed to score 17 goals in 42 appearances. So he's pretty much done it at every level now. And I think, for me, he's definitely in that list at the moment. So Kane, Haaland, Ivan Tony. We'll lock those three in for now. Joel, who's on your list? To be fair, I think with the striker list, it's pretty obvious I would say I don't think there's a massive amount of strikers you can select from apart from basically the top five scorers which is Jesus, Tony, Mitrovic, Kane and Haaland um, I guess if there was a 
outsider to pick from. I didn't know Rodrigo for Leeds already has four goals. That's quite a decent return considering mm-hmm. uh, the plays that they lost in the summer. So he he could be an outside shout. I also was really impressed with Che Adams every time I watched him play for Southampton. I thought he's been really good up front for them, especially after having to fill in for Amanda Broja going back to Chelsea. But yeah, I think for the strikers, it's pretty much dead set on the, the main five that are in form at the moment and it kind of shows with their goals as well. In terms of Gabriel Jesus, he has been, well, he's looked like a different player since he's gone to Arsenal and been the main man there. He would have been nowhere near this list last season or the season before when playing in that City side, would he? Ah, oh, no chance. I think you've got to give him credit, haven't you, for taking the leap to Arsenal, which is unknown whether they're going to be challenging for trophies at the same rate that he did at City. But I think at his age now, he's probably just come to a time where he's realised, am I just going to be this second option all the time for Guardiola? And is the are the trophy wins going to feel like I've really contributed to them? Or do I want to be the main man and go and actually make... Arsenal the team again which at the moment they are looking really good but obviously I I still think they've got major challenges ahead next month when it comes to the playing the real teams Um, Mm -hmm. but I think yeah you're definitely right if he was at City I don't think he would have even got a full 90 minutes yet I think it probably would have been 30 minutes here 20 minutes there but with Julian Alvarez coming in I think that was his prompt to start making a move and He's looked ridiculously good at Arsenal so far this season. I was kind of wondering if he could actually take that role up as the central sole striker, but also be a starter. And it looks like he's just really enjoying his football again. And I think he suits the side. I think it was a really seamless transition from City because Arsenal are also a team who like to keep the ball, the very possession-based. They like to get the striker involved quite a lot and move around in different positions. Is really fluid. So I think he's always been involved in the Arsenal side quite a lot, which has really helped. And obviously he's worked with Arteta too. So um, I don't think there's a better team that he could have gone to in terms of making his life easier from the very beginning. It's one of those rare scenarios, isn't it, where the transfers just worked for everyone because Jesus is playing well. Arsenal fans love him. City got a decent fee for him in the end, although it wasn't extortionate. And City fans aren't too disappointed to see him going doing well because at the end of the day, his departure led to the arrival of Erling Haaland, who, as we've already said, is an absolute freak of nature and scoring goals for fun at the moment in the Premier League. So everyone's pretty happy on this one. No, I mean, yeah, well, if everyone believes Haaland only costs 51 million, then you're naive because <laughs> yeah. he costs probably triple that, I'm telling you. I don't know what the kind of fees are involved, but it is not 51 million pounds. Uh, but yeah, it's not a bad replacement, is it? I mean, Haaland looks like he's on course to break ridiculous mm. records this season. And yeah, City fans are not going to be too worried about it because they're still going to be challenging for the title either way. And considering he only had one year left on his contract, that's pretty good business, isn't it? And especially with Sterling as well. They only had one year and they got, I think it was 50 mm-hmm. million. So it's, it is good business from City. And I think if they would have let his contract run down for a player who's barely going to play, it just made business sense as well. So he's basically funded half, well, let's say 10% of the summer. Um, and I think it was just a shrewd move and just the right move all around for both sides and I think with Arsenal losing Lacazette losing Aubameyang losing out on Vlahovic he was probably the next best alternative and it's looking like the right choice at this rate I was thinking 50 million 45 million is quite a lot for a, a guy with one year left on his contract but I mean as it stands right now he's proving that he's looking pretty cheap 
I'm going to lock in those five. Kane, Haaland, Ivan Toni, Gabriel Jesus and Mitrovic. That's our top five Premier League strikers at the moment. If you disagree, if you think there's someone we've missed or someone we should consider, you can get involved in the debate via social media or in our Telegraph channel. You can join that by finding the link at the top of our Twitter at FSDpod. That sounded really complicated. It's not as complicated as it sounds. Just go to Twitter and you'll see it all there. Before we move on, though, I want to throw two more potential names in the list. And the only reason these guys aren't featuring, I think, is because it's just too early for them. One, and this is massively biased for my team, West Ham, I think Skamaka has everything to be a top Premier League striker. He just needs to play some <laughs> tell, games at the moment. Yeah, someone tell David Tell Moyes. me you're a West Ham fan. <laughs> so, tell me you're a West Ham fan without telling me you're a West Ham fan. Do you know fan. what? One of the things I've been reading recently is that Mbappe at um, PSG, he was desperate for PSG to sign Skamaka. And for some reason, Skamaka chose West Ham. And that's kind of a decent endorsement, I think. So well, time will tell on that one. But the other one is Isaac at Newcastle, who I've been really impressed with when he's played. He's picked up an injury now on international duty, along with Gamerez. Marley, is that a much of a problem for Newcastle? The fact you could be missing two new key players for I don't know how long they're out for, but for a potentially significant time. Um, it's it's not long for 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 Isaac. Um, I don't think I think he picked it up in the last game because he didn't even report for Sweden duty. Um, so I don't know I don't know quite what it was. Um, in that game against Bournemouth, but. It's it doesn't seem too bad, um, and Bruno Gamarish is is meant to be back for the Fulham game at the weekend. He, he's uh, he pulled out of the Brazil squad, um, and he, he, he's uh, he's he's right for the game apparently. So I think as well Wilson's got a chance um, of starting as well. But how long he'll last before an, another muscle goes, we're we're not we're not quite sure. But it's sort of it's worked out with okay timing. Um, Really, if if that does happen, and apparently Saint Maximan's close to being back as well and could be involved, so you know Isak's done really well so far. Um, he sometimes goes a bit quiet in games and struggles to get himself into the game a little bit more, but he chases everything. He's he's technically very very good, um, and yeah, he's he's had a he's had a decent start. He's got I think he's got three two two or three goals. So you know he's 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 already matched Chris Woods. Um, Charlie from last season and long may it continue. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.
Welcome back to Football Social Daily. It's Wednesday, so it's any question answered. We take your questions that are coming via social media and tackle the best. As always, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and our Telegram channel. Get involved in the conversation and you can always get your question in maybe on a Tuesday for us to tackle on a Wednesday as well. Let's start off with Greg's question that came in via DM on Twitter. He says, and this was straight off the press this morning, how will Fabian Delph be remembered as a footballer? If you've not seen it, the news is that Fabian Delph at the age of 32 has retired from professional football. He's been without a club since the summer when he left Everton on a free transfer. Started very promisingly for Fabian Delph in terms of his career, Joel, but it is one of those careers that has been blighted by injury ever since the move to Manchester City really honestly I only remember him from that documentary where he was just (laughs) constantly crying in the dressing room to Guardiola and basically telling him how to coach um, which found great but even though everyone probably remembers him as you know being like a bit part player at some teams and coming in and out a lot of injuries he was one of the main left-backs during that City side that got to 100 points. And I think everyone forgets, you know, you can't be a crap player to get into a side like that and consistently play and be able to maintain that level for a whole season. Um, I know Guardiola had difficulties. Obviously, I think Mendy was injured for a lot of that season as well, so he had to come in. But even still, to still not be a weak link, I don't think he was poor in that season and it showed because obviously I think they would have maybe gone out in January and tried and signed someone if it was that bad Mm. but I think um, even these types of players even though when you see them at these clubs and they're not getting the amount of minutes that everyone sees and they always are seen as a rotation player uh, you got to, you've got to commend him as well because I think I remember when he first went to City and everyone was thinking why would you go there over all the other options when you would get guaranteed minutes and you would play constantly and I know that one season was a kind of one-off and a bit of an anomaly but it proved to be the right decision for him because now I think he won what two Premier League titles yeah. and he got a few call-ups for England um, so you can't really knock his career, can you? Because he's done all better than basically the majority of any other Premier League footballer. Um, so yeah, I think he's had a, a really good career, and I think it probably would have been a lot better had you know had a lot of the injury problems. Because when you look at the amount of players who are playing these days into the like, 36, 37, up to 40, 32, t- 32 now, kind of seems quite young. Mm-hmm. It seems like you still got a lot of life left in you, and you can still contribute to the top level. So. I'm guessing it's the injury scenario that's basically made him feel as though he can't maintain that level and fair play to him because I think a lot of players really milk it and go on when they really shouldn't. But, I mean, it's a lucrative market out there, isn't it, if you're a footballer? My favourite memory of Fabian Delph was when he was presented with special Fabian Delph tea made by Yorkshire Tea because he said when he was going to the World Cup with England, I think it was the World Cup, that he wanted to take tea with him from Yorkshire and so they made his special <laughs> brand of tea that was my uh, overriding Fabian Delft memory I'm sure Aston Villa fans will have slightly better and more positive memories about him because that was kind of the peak for him wasn't it Marley and you can't fault his decision to go to City as Joel says but at the same time that's kind of when the trouble started who's to say they wouldn't have started anyway but that last couple of seasons before the move with Aston Villa that's kind of when we saw Fabian Delft at his peak yeah I think um, his I think it's easy to forget now that Delph was one of the most exciting England players around he was 
Um, you know, he, he burst through at a pretty young age and, and had everything. He was one of them box-to-box midfielders. He could tackle, he could score, and he could dribble, and he can pass. And he was all sort of all-action midfielder. But I don't know whether that played into his his uh, injury worries later, slightly later in his career because it did catch up with him. And, and that is, unfortunately for me, that's that's what I remember Fabian Delph as, just a constantly injured player. Um, I think looking at his career stats here, he made... 332 I think it was yeah 323 sorry appearances in his entire career he was a pro for 17 years like that's that I don't know what the average is for that but it's 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 low um mm. and it's not it's not what it could have been I think Fabian Delft could have went down as one of England's sort of modern day heroes because he had that potential he was literally a, a world class midfielder in the making um, and when he left Villa to go to, to Man City, didn't blame him at all but it was um, it was always going to be tough with the money City was spending around that period um, it was always going to be tough to be a, a first choice midfielder in that team and then you know the, the moves on signed the likes of David Silva and Yaya Turi was there and Kevin De Bruyne came and Bernardo Silva and then all of a sudden it's like, do you want a game at left back or do you want to leave? And he was he was amazing at left back, and I still always say that the best thing Pep Guardiola has done in his career is get twenty nine games out of Fabian Delph at left back for the for the entire season because to turn to turn an injury prone centre midfielder into uh, a left back is it takes a lot of coaching, takes a lot of um, <laughs> tactical you know teaching and and making him get used to it. He did it with Zinchenko as well, so it's, he's not the only person to to do it but Delph was uh, that was probably the peak of, of Fabian Delph's career because all of a sudden then he was back in England reckoning and and an option a versatile option in that uh, in that selection as well so it's unfortunate that he they had the that the he had the injuries because they did blight him and and that will be what he um what he's remembered for I think and unfortunately rather than the talent he once was I think we'll probably see him moving into a coaching role very soon because as Joel said he was not short of opinions when offering um, Pep Guardiola some advice and he's always spoken very intelligently as well. But let's talk about the next question which comes from Ant via Telegram who says, who would be your first choice England penalty takers at the moment should it be needed at the World Cup? I mean, obviously it massively depends on who's on the pitch at any given time to who gets to take the penalties should it go to a penalty shootout. But you've got to pick five off the bat. Your Gareth Southgate, Marley, who are you picking? Kane, because he'll be on the pitch, as we all know, um, and no one else. Yeah. Um, Trippier, if he's available again, if he's on, if he's on, uh, Ward Prowse would be up there for me as well. Um, Who won't be on the pitch? Because he won't be on the plane. Oh, he should be though. I, I think. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. but he won't I, be. I, Eric Dyer probably, and yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Declan Rice. Declan Rice, who has missed two out of three for West Ham in recent <laughs> months, I think. Not sure about that choice. But, I mean, it is slim pickings. I think that's what this demonstrates. You go say, at least Harry Kane, definitely. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, this is this is true. Who would you go for, Joel? Um, I'd have Kane. I think a, an anomaly, but I think he's probably one of the... T- I think he's top two takers. He's Pickford. I think he's got an absolutely stinger of a left foot and every time I've seen him take a penalty he nearly takes the top netting off so 
if Gareth Southgate has the balls, I would go for for Pickford as well. But I'm, I'm kind of nervous about using goalkeepers to take penalties early on, unless it's keeper versus keeper when it goes to you know the full squads. Then I'm happy, but potentially Pickford. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Bellingham on one as well, just because. I feel as though he's got a good technique in him. I don't know if I've seen him take a penalty, but I feel like he has the mentality and the confidence to take it anyway. And I think that's probably one of the main things. I don't even think... I feel like every footballer has it in them to take a good penalty. All that's missing in that moment is the mentality and the confidence. And I think he would have have it in absolutely ridiculous amounts. So I'd definitely choose him. I'd choose Rice as well, uh, regardless of his current form when it comes to penalties. I just think that when it comes to the moment... Again, I feel like he'd rise to the occasion and definitely offer up. And I would pick Rashford. I feel as though, well, if he is to be on the plane, at the moment I still think he will be in the squad. But I think after that Euros final, I think I think regardless of how it went, he again would be another person who would want to step up and take one. Um, I feel like he'd be on the pitch too if it went to 120 minutes. Um, just as an option for Southgate in the last, you know, twenty minutes of the game. Um, so I think that's like a pretty solid five picks, to be fair. Yeah. All right. Final question. Payne, Come... P- Payne Pickford, Rice, Bellingham, and Rashford. Yeah. I mean, it's what we've got. I'd quite like to see Harry Maguire taking a penalty, just because I think it would be a Stuart Pearce-esque redemption. Well, like to be fair, he did one in the final last year, and it went into the absolute roof of the net. There you go. Harry Kane, uh, Harry Maguire's the man. It's it, That's it. the whole story coming full circle. Uh, final question coming from Tanya, who wants to talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold off the back of Gareth Southgate's comments that Kieran Trippier was ahead of Trent Alexander-Arnold's, in his word, all-round game and Tanya wants to know is Trent at risk of not being on the plane to Qatar and not being on the plane to Qatar for the World Cup what are you saying Marley I I think he's staying at home um, we're what we're eight weeks away from the World Cup and he, he didn't play at all in the in the Nations League final two games um, he hasn't started for a little while for England. It's obvious that Southgate is listening to to club form. He's been poor defensively, in particular this season. I don't think he's recorded an assist so far as well, if I, if memory serves uh, correctly. So it's you know it's, we all know it's a packed field at, at right back. You know we could feel we could field a team of right backs at the minute um, and have them have a decent chance of winning the game, but. I don't disagree with what he said. I think Trippier's game is is all round better than um, a slightly more rounded game than than Trent Alexander-Arnold. You could probably say Trent's a better crosser, but you couldn't say Trippier's a bad crosser. Um, and you you mm. certainly wouldn't say that um, that uh, Trent's defensive side of his game is is anywhere near Trippier's. Even though you know Trippier's. He's look. He's not a he's not a world class defend defensive right back, but he's 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 better than average, and that's a high bar when you're Trent Alexander Arnold. And there's been so many times this year where he gets passed around and just doesn't even track his man back. I think he's um, it's not a surprise really because Reese James hasn't really put a foot wrong. Uh, Trippier hasn't either, and Trent has that obvious weaknesses in in his game where he's playing. Um, He's he's losing his man. He's not tracking back. He's looking a little bit lazy and a little bit um, like he's relying on his teammates a bit too much. And that's the situation we're in because when the competition's that high, 
I mean, two other right backs in England have went and changed nationalities because it's that hard. Matty Cash is Polish and Tarek Lamptey's going to be playing potentially against England in the knockout stages um, for, for Ghana when he goes to the World Cup. So there's um, there's mad um, you know, potential right backs there and I, th- I think Trent's just the unlucky one. So hopefully he knuckles down and gets better, but I feel like he's just waiting for somebody other than Southgate to bring it back in. Is there an argument, Joel, that Trent makes it because he's a bit of a utility player? We've seen him play right midfield. We've seen him play centre midfield under Gareth Southgate. The other options, obviously, that Southgate has, Rhys James, if you want something more attacking. Trippier, who seems to be the preferred option at the moment. Kyle Walker, who he seems to prefer as more kind of a centre-back option rather than a right-back option, but he has the ability to play there. So there's... They are probably all ahead of him in the pecking order, but Trent does offer maybe a little bit more as a bench option. It's a difficult one because Southgate over the last three or four years has clearly never fancied Trent Alexander-Arnold at all, regardless of what he's won, regardless of the number of assists and goals he gets in that Liverpool side. He's always favoured either Kyle Walker or Trippier, and it's proven to be working for him, considering that we got to a semi-final and a final of a major tournament which is pretty massive for England considering how poor it's been in the last basically 60 years so it's a difficult one because I don't know how resilient Southgate is going to be to the criticism if he doesn't take him I personally think he should be taken purely on the basis of his set pieces but then James Ward-Prowse I would say is arguably even better at set pieces than him so then Trippy is not bad. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's a good point as well. There's a, the good thing with this England side, there's a number of really good set piece takers, which I think we've lacked in the recent years. But when you see the amount of right backs that we've got, we're absolutely stacked when it comes to Reese James, which I think is a nailed on starter anyway. Then you got Trippier, if he can continue maintaining his form prior to uh, the World Cup starting. And I just think with Trent, he fits the Klopp system so well and so seamlessly with the protection behind him first and foremost where he's got Van Dijk or he's got Gomez or Matip and then when you go to the England side I don't know if he has that level of protection behind him but he also needs to protect himself as well and I don't think England dominate games in the same way that Liverpool do where Liverpool are very high pressing they can win the ball back quite easily so Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't exactly as exposed in that Liverpool side as he is in the England side, I would say so. It's it's difficult, and honestly, I just I I can see Southgate taking four right backs just because he wants to try and appease everyone. But you have to, you can't deny his quality. I mean, impact like no non bias in this one. You've got a, you can't deny he's got a ridiculous amount of quality. He could probably end up playing his centre mid if he really needed to. Uh, but yeah, it's just the case of who do you take out instead of him? Because I know there's mm-hmm. a number of other deserving players who could be on the plane instead of him, uh, that fits Southgate's system and style of play. Tanya, thank you for your question. And Greg, thank you for your questions as well. As always, if you've got a question for the boys, get them in via our social media and we'll answer them on a Wednesday. That is it for today's slightly shorter than normal podcast. We'll be back tomorrow picking up the latest Premier League news, views and opinion and also helping you with some fantasy football surgery. Make sure you get your questions in for that too. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode. That was Football Social Daily. Daily Premier League action and reaction. This is Football Social Daily.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.